Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome, man. Yeah, it's good to be on here. I appreciate you being on. Of um, course. I've been following your uh, Instagram for quite a while, and uh, I didn't ask you to be on until recently because uh, I've been um, there. I've been talking to a handful of people out in your area. Oh yeah, and, uh, a lot. right. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, um, and then uh, I, I think I was talking to trying to remember who recently who mentioned you. Um, I think it was Hooney. Yeah, do me, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he uh he's like, Oh, you need to talk to that guy. I said, I really do. I, I uh I've been following his his Instagram for a while because I uh I it might have been recommended or you know, coming through like post uh on my feed or something a while ago. And yeah. I saw like one of your pictures or a picture of you mm-hmm. with your gear on and I was like, Holy shit, that's awesome. Uh <laughs> what a cool helmet. Uh, and a cool, you know, mask and setup and everything. So, yeah, uh, it's like not my only one. I have a there's um, one, not really a helmet, but it's like a bamboo hat. It's a, uh, it's for, it's mostly for woodland and green, uh, a green camouflage because it's supposed to be like a sniper kind of loadout. Yeah, uh, called like the forest Ronin. So everything's all green foliage. I, I even have a different mask for it. It's a green mask. Uh, it's up there. If I can, if you, you want me to pull it out, or yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a lot of cool shit. Holy crap! So like, so this is the other mask. It's all green. So okay. and I the it's like this. It's like I, I like gilded it up. Um. So, uh, it, it does work. It does work. It does kind of trick you, like kind of make people think like, is that a tree or is that a person? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Because of the little top, like top, like the top, top tool, like boogie shape right. of it, <laughs> the little yeah, little yeah, top. it's like a big, uh, or I guess a mini umbrella on your head. It kind yeah, of fans out real, real big. Yeah, yeah. I use it a lot in practical league games, especially the Vietnam one, and like it actually works. Uh, it just made it made them think a little bit. So <laughs> right. Well, that's yeah, that's the whole point of uh, you know camouflage is to break up the uh, profile. You know, yeah. it's to uh, confuse mm-hmm. so that, you know, we see that silhouette, we see that outline of head and shoulders and we're like, Oh, person, you know, you just, all you have to do is break that up a little bit and, yeah. uh, and it, and it makes people stop for a second. Like, wait, what, what is that? <laughs> or, or completely oblivious to it too. Cause I've seen good camouflage, like, especially like people in the EU and stuff like that, when they make their camouflages, it's like. It's it's basically a bush. You're a bush. <laughs> oh, you're totally. No, yeah. Walk past you, <laughs> bro. I've seen these videos, man, where there's the guy like uh, uh, there'll be like three guys in the in the, in the bush, mm-hmm. and uh, you won't know until the end of the you know it's a short clip, and somebody yeah. will be walking by, and then they'll just mm-hmm. stand up, and you're like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but cool, yeah. <clears throat> So are you? Uh, so what? What part of California are you in? Uh, SoCal. Yeah, I'm in SoCal. 
uh, in the Riverside County area, just basically just that general area. Um, but uh, I but I go and work in LA County, uh, so I'm here and there. But I've been to most fields on the SoCal, so like LA County, Orange, and then San Diego. So giant, giant airsoft, and then there's also like um, Camp Pendleton in the in San Diego, right? And then there's a uh, obviously in Riverside County, you got Wildlands, and you got um, Code Red, two of my favorites. Oh, and then okay. I'll, and then um my in, in LA or Orange County area, you got a bunch of them. You got like the Tax City, which yep. is the one of the big ones there. Hollywood Sports is actually really good. Like Hollywood Sports is actually really nice. Uh, I started playing there more often as a tactical league. Uh, it's by um Biohazard Airsoft team and then um, KWA. So make sure to check that out too, because it's a it's a it's a public event too. It's not private. So right. you guys buy tickets and stuff like that. Dude, but, um, I've heard every single field you mentioned, I've heard people talk about, you know, that I've had on here, which is really cool because now I'm starting to, you know, be familiar with some of the stuff you guys are talking about, like fields. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, Van Alex, he, um, you know, he's on our Discord. He's got his own YouTube channel and stuff. Uh, he just started playing at Hollywood, Hollywood Sports. So he's in that area and he does a lot of, uh, 3D printing. He'll make custom parts for, uh, some of the guys I've talked with on here. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, Nicole gaming, uh, and Kyle, uh, mm-hmm. Smith, he's a uh, brotherhood airsoft. They, oh yeah. Uh, brother. Yeah. They play at uh giant mm-hmm. in San Diego. Um, oh, I just, are, those, 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 those guys are like another cool, that makes cool loadouts too. Brotherhood guys. Yeah. Giant. yeah they're, they're another group that kind of make cool loadouts. And stuff, so <laughs> dude, when I was talking to Kyle, he was talking like, uh, before I got, he said, before I got into airsoft, he was into, um, I can't remember the official name for it, but the medieval kind of like, uh, reenactment stuff, I guess. Yeah, those are, <laughs> bro, he was like, people think airsoft is expensive. He said that was like 10 times more because you, the, uh, reenactment stuff they did, they would use real swords, real metal swords, and they had to have all, real like authentic gear so if you had chain mail or mm-hmm. full armor and stuff it had to be rated yeah. for taking hits from swords and shit i was like oh my god yeah, the only difference is that it's not sharpened but, but that's it right that was it everything else was just game on and then you would just they would just start beating the shit out mm-hmm. each <laughs> oh my god dude that's crazy and I was like, oh, you thought Airsoft was hardcore sometimes. <laughs> like, literally, like, on horseback, sometimes, like, knocking each other out. Or, like, no shit. I mean, at least you, you, won't, you won't get a concussion playing Airsoft, you know, not from the BBs, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Maybe probably from that, you know, like, falling off buildings. You fall on your face. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when we first started our channel, our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you know, it started out as a... Uh, uh, mystery unboxing you know we'd get mystery boxes and uh so we did unboxings and then reviews on the guns and gear that we got out of the mystery boxes well then my you know my sons uh two of my sons and their friend they Mm -hmm. started playing airsoft that's how we started the channel and um like three years ago so they went to go gameplay and they went to their first mill sim and when they came back they Mm -hmm. said uh they were running through my one of my sons. You know, they had they were all geared up. They, it was a milsim like a Vietnam era type. Oh, 
Yeah. So they had to have uh, M16A1s, you know, they had out all authentic yeah, stuff. They had to, you know, yeah. yeah, the yeah. helmet, you know, the old school helmet and shit. So he said he was running through the woods and it was raining like crazy. And he slipped and fell in this like little ditch and he fell Ooh. head first into the ditch. Said he, he was, you know, just bashed his head into, I mean, it was in the mud. So luckily, but he was like, dude, they were all kind of fucked up for that weekend. It was a 24 hour continuous. And it yeah. downpoured the whole time, like monsoon rain, you know. <laughs> uh, and this was their first meal sim, so they came home and they were just miserable. I mean, miserable, soaking wet, cold. All their oh. shit was wet. <laughs> and you know it was crazy too. They put their stuff in a bin, right? All their gear. Mm-hmm. So they come home and they're exhausted, you oh, know. Yeah. And they stuck their shit in a bin, you know, threw it in the back of the pickup truck. They come home, they threw it in the shed. Uh, and forgot to unpack it. They mm-hmm. had to buy all new gear for the next meal sim because all the stuff they threw in there was soaking wet and it was sealed oh. up in the bin and it was in the shed, which, you know, was get like 80 degrees in there, you know, mm-hmm. hot. They opened it up and it smelled like death, you know, it's just totally total mildew. <laughs> oh my God. They were like, shit, we got to get all new gear. I said, what happened? They were like, we forgot to unbox, un- unpack it. I said, oh my God. So they, they had a fun uh, introduction to, uh, to the, you know, their first meal sim. But anyway, yeah, he about got a concussion because he slipped and fell in, you know, face first in the mud. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Yeah, uh, luckily it wasn't mud, but you know, Milsom games are you know, uh, First experience, like, um, it might be a little rough because you're, you're just trying to get used to things at first. But like when you like like go and do it more often, you know it becomes like a brotherhood thing, kind of like like you meet all your friends out there. You know, it's right. like after the games and stuff like that. You all hang out. unless it's like a continuous one, like like a seventy-two, like Milson West, uh, which is like it just keeps going. It's there's yeah. your break in there, but like it's a, it's long. It's like and uh, those, but um. It's hard for me to go to Milsom West sometimes because it's other than being out of the state most of the time. Like, um, mm. sometimes my loadouts don't match their uniform requirements, obviously, because gotcha. like I'm keeping character. But um, whenever I can, you know, I just uh, at least try to get the mask on. I yeah. just try to, you know, if it's if it's a Milsom West game, I can like bring like a hat, my um, my uh, ear more like. You're more headset, and then just oh, like okay. bring my balls, like that matches the camos. And most of, sometimes that, those work, but like other, when it comes to my, my armor and stuff like that, I gotta leave that stuff here. But it's all right. as long as I have this. <laughs> right, right. I had something identifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like people, for real. Yeah, people get used to me. They know like who I am. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. 
we'll make an exception. So, right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, though. And, yeah. I think you one know, of my... I mean, they, they understand it's, you know, you're... People like to go in character, man. Like, that is yeah. a, a cool thing. I would, you know, if I start playing Milsims, uh, I would definitely like to be, uh, you know, some kind of identifying thing on my uniform, you know, like... Um, but I know Milson West is really strict with, uh, it's like from what I've seen in videos and what I've heard from talking with people, it's like the, um, it's like really being in the military for those two days or whatever, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly. It's like, um, you, you like, you like, they really take it seriously when it comes to like squads and like when it comes to uniform codes and the gameplay, uh, but, and then like how they run things like night ops and all that stuff. So it, Depending on like what they have, um, that's how they run things, and then they just take it. They take their um, their uh, codes really seriously. But you know, it makes sense, and it's all about the experience. Um, but yeah, it's like, but all in all, it's just all fun. Now, you what was your uh, your first uh, milsim? Who like was it a milsim West or American milsim or? It was a Lion Claws is one of my first Milsons, and um, I got introduced to that um, by actually uh, Mark or uh, Bray Exploder, uh, if you heard oh, of him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh, I used yeah. to run, I used to run with him a lot and his with his guys, and so and then we got introduced to it. Um, Lancer mostly sponsored us to go out there with Lion Claws, and my first one was in uh, in Camp Pendleton. They had the Camp Pendleton map and. Um, not the field, the airsoft field. It was actually on the base, the military base. Gotcha. It was one of the combat towns. I think it was like range 141. And then um, okay. it had like a big mosque. They had like a couple of... It's, it's basically like a mini city, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Oh, that's um, they cool. Have, yeah, they use that for their training. Like they're a, they're a city, like kind of like their, um, their version of a milsum because they do like like a simulations for those like during their military training they like have okay. like blank rounds and stuff like that you can right. see like the, the blank rounds on the on the grounds and the shells and stuff like that and oh that's so, cool yeah that was one of my first milsims and i actually really liked it we were there for uh, about two and a half days it was like friday saturday and then sunday was like a like a last game but like they uh make it short like a half day so they can do like raffles and stuff in the end Right, but yeah, that was awesome. They had night games too, which is um, that's when people take out their nods or their thermals <laughs> and stuff like that, which was yeah, really no cool. Shit. Unfortunately, I didn't have any, but it was still fun because I just like, like I got my ears and my like my uh, my, uh, my headset and I can like hear footsteps and stuff, but like I couldn't really see anything. And like I tried right. to limit the light usage because I was just giving away. I was like, <laughs> so I basically just lying <laughs> waiting. And then so slow, you just even crawling sometimes. <laughs> so that basically just got me hooked on the Milsom, the Milsom side of things. And then I started doing like Milsom West and stuff like that. Uh, mostly just line claws because I was like basically my go to. And yeah. Lancer sponsored me to go to those events. And every time I go, I would get like new gear to try out by oh, them. Shit, that's awesome. Like, yeah. So every time I went, I would try a new carrier, new camo. It was, we'll see how long it lasts. But, it, you know, those gears are actually really good. Like it lasts through a bunch of some gears. I mean, I still have it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So when that uh, with you know, I'm not familiar with like sponsorship stuff, right? Now, I've seen the uh, uh, the post and I've talked with people for uh, Speedsoft. 
mm-hmm. they get you know sponsorships and they you know I've uh, so I'm a little more familiar with that mm-hmm. uh, I guess and how that works a little bit but um so when you uh, was, would would you have to like contact them and say hey I'm going to this event and then they'll say uh, uh, hey we want you to try out this gear at your next event or how how does that work when you're uh, sponsored yeah. how do they yeah it's kind of like, um, like like quid pro quo kind of thing. Like you give gotcha. something and they give something. Back. So sure. it's like, you know, it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's fair and stuff like that. But um, usually they would contact me if they wanted me to come somewhere. Um, luck lately, not, it's not has been like that because I've been really busy and stuff like that. Cause I just started working as a medic, as a paramedic around oh, LA nice. County. Okay. Um, so I've been working a lot just, just to get things going, but um, I'm trying do to do like more. Doing that? Oh yeah, that's it. What's my? It's what I've been doing for a long time, like EMT stuff. I worked as an EMT for like eight uh, years, and then oh, I finally went to medic school like two years ago, two and a half. But the only reason why I started working this year is because of the pandemic and was the delay, right? Uh, a year or so, and because of the closure. Yeah. So I've been done, but um, but because of the closure, I was kind of delayed on that. So. Now, did you want- uh, were you interested in medical stuff like in high school and all that? Were you at first no? Like, um, I think it was when I started like junior year in high school. It was like basically half halfway through my high school years when my parents introduced me to the fire explorers program. Well, this is basically oh. a yeah, it's kind of like a like a little introduction to the fire department, right? And what really my, got my, me uh, one of my sons went through that. Okay. Yeah, it's all. It's a good thing. It's a good learning experience too. They teach you a lot of good stuff, and good habits, and like, like just just like during in the department and like for yourself, like they kind of teach you a lot of good like like good home habits too, like to like respect with others and stuff like that. Especially when it comes to like patient contact. So it's like it made me like yeah. definitely made me more like patient or like uh more out there. Like talk like it makes me more want to talk more to the like people and stuff like that. It gotcha. makes me more extroverted so yeah, yeah. So, were you were you kind of intro- were you more of an introvert before uh yeah a little bit when i was in high school like well basically like high school middle school i was kind of like an introvert so i was like i don't know stuff like that but now after that and then like talking to more people and like kind of like knowing cues and stuff like that it's like it's just all you know experiences that you learn throughout your life right. um you get used to things and like you get like you know how to talk to people and, like, and it makes, and then like, and like the reward that comes out of it is like, you know, you make good friends, make, you know, you know yeah. even like, like in airsoft or on when I'm doing all this stuff, it like makes me like communicate better more with other people. So I'm just, yeah. It's just exactly. helped out. <laughs> right. Well, that's a, it's a really useful tool in the uh, field you're in because if you come up on a trauma, you know, a, a, traumatic scene you know or whatever you know somebody needs help and you you have to talk them through things so they don't go into shock or you know whatever like a lot of people don't realize how uh how serious going into shock is you know yeah um so (laughs) and it's really just keeping them focused and talking you know communicating and the environment you know talking to people around or whatever but yeah that's like like talking them out of things actually does kind of help, especially like uh, it, when it comes to like, like you said, like trauma, like natural somewhere. So like you know, obviously like the 
like the anatomy and fizz behind like all that is like you're you're excited you're you know you're hype you know you're like all pumped up like you're like panicking because you know you see all this you see bleed you're like you see all this blood is coming out of you you would freak out yeah but it's okay to, but the good thing is that by talking them down you're like lowering weight which means obviously the area where it's bleeding is not going to bleed as much so like it'll, it'll right. slow down but unless it's like a very severe like you have to like tourniquet that real quick or like get them to the hospital or give them medication so like uh, stop the bleeding but you know even just talking to them kind of helps out with that you know like um people just don't realize uh like how important it is to communicate with your patients just to like mm-hmm. just to calm them down even like anxiety right. effects like can cause problems like uh, chest pain and stuff like that but yeah right <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy how uh how powerful our thoughts are, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they manifest like real physical things, uh, in our body, you know? Oh yeah. It, it causes something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so you've been doing, uh, the medical stuff for a while. That's uh yeah, that's great experience, man. Um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was always interested in the fire department when I got out of the mm-hmm. military and, um, until, I was working with a friend of mine. We grew up together, went, you know, from elementary school all the way through high school. He went in the army. I went in the Marine Corps. And then, uh, when we got out, uh, he went back home and, uh, became a fireman. And then, um, in our hometown. So years, you know, years later after I got out, moved back there. And then, uh, I met up with him and he, he was doing like side jobs on his, on his uh, off days or whatever. So, you know, okay. construction, you know, he'd build a deck or whatever, or do, um, you know, landscaping. So I would go with him and help. And, uh, and so we're talking and, and I was like, so how is, you know, like, how is the fire department? Like what? Cause I, w- I was, I had just taken the test and, uh, he's like, it's, it's cool, man. Like we don't, um, we don't really do a lot of fires. He goes, it's mostly uh car wrecks. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, I mean, this is, you know, I didn't know. Oh, and okay. so, uh, and he started telling me some of the, you know, bad ones, you know, like the, some of the shitty stuff you see where he said the worst ones where little kids are in the car, you know, or you, know, you can see the scene like that. Yeah. And it and I, and we had three kids at the time, little, yeah. you know, toddlers, babies. And, uh, I was like, Oh, uh, uh-uh. so yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna pursue that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, yeah, it's hard. See that and then go home to my kid. I don't know. I just I don't know how I, you know. Yeah, like I don't have kids, but um I can definitely like this since I've been doing this for a while, I can feel their you know the mm-hmm. not like but I can't experience it on their level like no. Well, sure, thing. but still you can relate. I can, yeah, I can kind of relate. You know, like oh this like if I had a kid this would, you know, this would really affect me too, you know. Like, right. I don't do bad ones too, because um, I used to be a reserve firefighter for Riverside County before I went to the medic stuff. So uh, I, you know, I've seen a few things too, and like yeah, like you said, ninety um, percent, maybe eighty, high eighties, ninety percent is mostly medical stuff. Like the rare ten percent stuff is is our structure fires, fires stuff. It gets higher during the summer, obviously, because it's California fire seasons, right? <laughs> It gets really dry, and we have a lot of brush that a lot of fuel 
that burns easily. So right. they all spark, you know, like a cigarette, you know, a lighter, uh-huh. even just even if it's just like the sunlight, like the little, like kind of like the magnifying glass, but right. like beams in the right direction at the right time and starts starts the fire, you know. Well, you guys in SoCal, man, you guys had what over the last three or four years, man, had a ton of um, fires, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just crazy forest fires, and then yeah, that's uh, when when I was in uh, in the military. My last duty station was at Camp Pendleton, and so oh, okay. um, I actually worked. Uh, there's a range, a shooting range on on uh, Camp Pendleton that's uh, it's called Etson Range, and uh, I worked out there. So they have uh, it's all the different shooting ranges that um, the recruits going through boot camp they come up and qualify, yeah. and so they do the machine gun stuff. So we had a machine gun range. We had the you know, there's just a long range for uh, the M16s. Well, we were using M16s back then. They use M4s, I guess, now. But, uh, you know, grenade range, all that kind of shit. <clears throat> so on the machine gun range, um, I'm pretty sure it's still the same way. But back then, the uh, the chains, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your ammo, yeah. every fifth round was an uh, incendiary round. And that was kind of like your oh. tracer. That's how you saw it, you know. That's how you would know where you're, uh, where you're shooting. So, um, they, the forest fires were so bad. The brush fires were so bad, you know, cause every time we would shoot on the range, there would be a fire out there because that fifth round, you know, the incendiary round, like, duh. Um, so, uh, they actually had the recruits take out every fifth round from the, uh, you know, the incendiary rounds. And replace it with a uh, with a regular round. So <laughs> they would literally sit on the firing line, you know, on, on the range, and uh, and swap them out. And they had a whole chain, you know, just a whole assembly line going where they were yeah. pulling these out and putting another one in, pulling them out, putting them in, <laughs> oh, uh, just so they could qualify with the uh, with that. Well, back then we were using M60, which has been replaced with uh, I think it's the 240 Bravo, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, because the saw we 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 use the saw back then the two forty nine, and yeah. uh, they still use that now, uh, and that shoots a five five six, and then the uh, well what we used the M sixty was the thirty caliber or thirty caliber you know seven six two, and then uh, that's what the two forty Bravo replaced. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but for that the saw and the M sixty, they would be taking out those incendiary rounds because we had fires all the time. Luckily, it never, you know, went off base. Um, But, yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of those stories of, like, the fires going on, especially the shooting range, because uh, a buddy of mine, Deputy Dog, that's his uh, Instagram, uh, goes to, like, our Nelson Games stuff. We play in San Diego. Uh, He he was actually an officer. Well, he's an officer now, but uh, he used to um, work with the fire department out in Camp Camp Hamilton, and he always tell me about those fires in the shooting range. Like, oh, I mean, I was like, it's like it's a shooting range, right? I was like, we have a fire department out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to have the um, the on base, uh, like the fire truck, which is basically just a giant um, water tanker, you know, a tanker truck, whatever. Um, so, because it didn't look like a fire truck, you know, but they would, uh, yeah, it was a five thousand gallon big truck and whatever they would run it out there when it would start, you know, 
sparking up uh, and put it out. But yeah, I mean, you're you're blowing shit up and you're because you know grenades and stuff, and then yeah. uh, and then you're shooting with incendiary rounds. <laughs> you know, something's something's catching on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So now, um, are you? Did you grow up in the area you're at now? Yeah, um, I first lived in um, Orange County in Buena Park area. That was my first um, live. Like that's like my uh, childhood. Most some of my childhood I was there. Um, that's where Tax City is right now. Like near Buena Park. But um, I was there for almost until like fifth grade, and then we moved, which is basically maybe like when I was nine, ten years old, and then we moved it to to Marietta because my parents started a sushi business out there. It used oh, nice. to be called, it used to be called Z Sushi. Now it's called June Sushi. Uh, still a great place. Still a great place to get some sushi. But, but uh, and then I lived most of my life out here uh, in a uh, Temecula Marietta area. Oh, and Temecula. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a I little quiet out there. Good yep. winery. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I uh I spent some time out there. Yeah. We had a uh, one of the families we knew out there. Um, we used to go to their house all the time out in Temecula, and then. Yeah, and then before I got married, I I uh, spent a lot of time in Riverside. Actually, oh, yeah. you know Riverside. Uh, mm-hmm. We we knew some people out there that were non you know not military, just people we met at parties, and we would go out there and party. Um, oh. Yeah, on the weekends and stuff. So yeah, it's, I've been all around that area. Yeah, uh, like like people don't know that uh, for a quiet little city like Marion Temecula is it actually it actually has a lot. Of- a lot of things to do out here you know like you got right. obviously your airsoft fields maybe 25 30 minutes away from the main city so it's not even that far and also yeah like the weekend like you got the sundays you got like the wineries and saturday you got old town Temecula, <laughs> which right. is always like crazy every night on the weekend so <laughs> oh yeah now, uh, when, you, when you went to high school out there um did you guys have metal detectors to go through mm-hmm. No, not not like not like today where now there's like metal detectors. It's because of all the recent school, you know, school shootings and stuff. It would just you know what's weird, you know. dude. That's so weird because uh, when I was there before we left, I left there in '93. Okay, huh. and one of the the high school in uh, I guess it was Oceanside High School because it was uh, in Oceanside, right off of uh, Hill Street. Huh. Um, they put in i think it was the last like year before i left they put in a metal detector uh for their school and it was like it made you know it was really big news um yeah for everybody was talking about it it was like crazy you know like oh my god what's this world coming to they have to have you know metal detectors in a high school <laughs> it was like an airport security <laughs> and now you know my kids uh we we're in south carolina and my kids uh and it's not really a big city uh, where we live. It's kind of a, you know, it's a suburb. And uh, so they have cops. Now, they don't have metal detectors, but they have cop. I don't think they do. They have cops at the school. You know, they'll have a, a policeman at the school all day. Uh, yeah. Our high school had that, too. Most did they? Security guard, but, you know. Right. Yeah, I, see, we didn't grow up with that. When I, you know, I was in in high school, um, we were even allowed to get in fights, bro. Like we, you know, that was a normal thing. We'd get in fights in the hallway. I mean, <laughs> real fights. You know, punching and wrestling on the ground, and the the teachers would come out and just break you up and be like, "Go to your class," and that was it. 
<laughs> it's so crazy, yeah. Uh, the only time, like, was it? I've never, like, well, not never, but, like, the only time I got into a fight was in middle school. I was me just defending my sister and her friend because this guy was just harassing her and then, like, you know, just making fun of them. And, like, when I was younger in elementary school, like, my sister was bullied a lot. And, you know, uh, it's, like, uh, especially in middle school. Like, elementary school, not as well, I'm not sure. Like, in elementary school, like, I couldn't really, I didn't really have the mental capacity to think that, you know, what's bullying, you know, like, how can I defend her or something like that. But, like, right. I think, like, when we moved out into Megula, Marietta area, and, like, when, when she was talking about her getting, like bullied by this guy by her like this dude is bullying her and her friends i know i just got sick of it you know like i just like sure. got tired of it. like she's always like sad and depressed so you know i kind of had to step in and put an end to things and obviously i got in trouble but <laughs> but like, my parents came in you know barging in and like yelling not at me but you see the school board and the principal you know thing happened this this you know he was definitely that and like you know, I was just like you know, obviously, like I don't like getting in trouble, but like, and someone that I love, you know, he he actually got it, ended up getting expelled, and then I just got like a Saturday school, so I was like, you know, I, I guess. But like after that, like no one ever bothered her, ever, you know? yeah. So, which was nice, you know. Like I just hate seeing you know my sister being settled time because she was always being bullied and stuff. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. I was the same way. I had I was bullied in elementary school as well. Um, yeah, these two guys used to beat the shit out of me like for a year, year and a half. I don't never knew why. So, but, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just not cool. It's just like you know. I'm like, bro, what the fuck, man? And then when I had a growth spurt, uh, I was 12. The year I turned 12, I guess maybe in a year, year and a half, I grew like a lot. Um, so in fact, I grew to the height I am now, five eleven, when I was twelve years old. Um, bro, it was like I, I was so clumsy, you know. It was like I wasn't used to this, you know. But um, when I got to that size, I was like bigger than most kids in our, you know, in our classes, or whatever, in our school grades. And um, I remember because I was bullied uh, and beat up all the time when I was like eight and nine and ten. Uh, I, uh, I defended anyone that was, you know, smaller, that was getting picked on or whatever. And that's honestly where most of my, I got in a lot of fights in high school, not in the school, but, you know, walking home and stuff like that. And that was the majority of them was, uh, I never started a fight, not once ever in my whole life. And I've probably been in a, including the military, probably like 20 fights and, uh, and I never started any. They were always defending somebody. <laughs> now, military, I can't say it was defending somebody. Military was, they were just drunken fights, okay? So, you know, <laughs> stupid shit. Then the inside, okay. You know, at least it's a little, a little more mature than like the boys in high school. Oh, yeah, like, dude. Right. <laughs> oh, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, uh, was it? I start. I first started doing airsoft, um, but in, in during middle school was like um, when I moved in. When we moved into this new house that we used to live in for like ten years before my parents sold it, uh, it was in Vienna. Uh, a neighbor I became good friends with. 
Joe, is what I call him. Joseph is his real name, but I'm uh, not going to say his last name. You know, so, you know, just That's fine. But yeah. But, um, but yeah, like uh, he introduced it to me. He actually had this AEP like MP7, which is rare. You know, you don't see those. I was like, like this looks, this thing looks cool. It, looks, it actually looks like the gas blowback. But, like this one right here. That one it's like these ones. Oh, that's so, nice, dude. Yeah, it's an MP7. This one's a gas. Uh, I think it was Elite Force and uh, uh, it, oh, was it, uh, Elite Force and BFC, but yeah. Uh, but he had the AEP version. I don't know what company made it, but I'm guessing it was like Token Rui because they're the ones that make all the cool AEPs and stuff like that. Yeah. So he got me into it. Obviously, um, I didn't have like much console gaming either. Like he had the Xbox 360. I only have like PS2s and PS1, but it's cool oh, having gotcha. records. But um, he introduced me to Call of Duty and Halo, and then, then I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> what playing, were you playing? What were you playing on PS2? Siphon Filter? <laughs> uh, no, but it was, uh, it was mostly Final Fantasy. So my dad had a collection of Final Fantasy games, like the oh, old one, PS1. Yeah. Like, we had them um, three, four, I think three, to, three and up. We had three and up. And it came with those big blocks cases because i had yep. like four cds in them because the story is so long bro <laughs> for real dude it was like ooh, like even the new like the newer ones now can fit the whole story in one cd but back then you had four three four cds <laughs> <laughs> i know after you i remember that, that. Story, after you finish that first story the, the game literally tells you switch to the next cd <laughs> <laughs> i know right that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, but like the other games on PS2, like first person shooter, that the only had was like Warhammer, which is funny because like it was a multiplayer Warhammer game. And then, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like a first person shooter, so you can play as like the the the, the top class, which huh. is like the alien, the, the alien with the yellow arm. Wild! I didn't know they I made mean, one for PS2. Okay. Yeah, they had an online one too. They had it was online too, so you can do multiplayer online. So you can That's be crazy. the top. Yeah, you could be the Toffs, you could be the Space Marines, the Chaos Marines, and then you, you just do like, it's basically like a first-person shooter, of like Warhammer. <laughs> right. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. The other one that I played a lot was uh, Killzone, first Killzone in PS2. Oh, Killzone, dude. Yeah. Yes. That was an awesome game. And then, um, now that I got introduced to Xbox 360, like, like, Call of, like, Call of 2, the Modern Warfare, and stuff like that, I was like, and then we started doing uh, Backyard Airsoft. You know, just like in our front yards, backyards, and then, um, he would have his overpowered MP7. <laughs> I, would just, you know, I would just have like the big five Springer gun. You know how we all. Yeah, no shit, right? Like the big five Springer, like M9s, um, or like the Walmart, and also like a, a kind of like an MP5 A, like AEG, but it's like a top, one of those top fed ones. Where you have like the scope, but it's 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 basically your magazine for your um for your BB. What? No <laughs> so shit. Oh, I've never uh, seen one. Okay. Yeah, and then your actual magazine is the battery. <laughs> oh and my god, that's wild. I still have it. <laughs> no way. It's this. Oh, let's thing, see right? it. So this is your magazine. What? This is your battery. You see the little connectors there? That's yeah, yeah. So that's what do you do? Chart? You charge that battery? Yeah, it'll have a charger right here. So you charge it at the bottom right here. Yeah. And then that'll be your battery. And then it's just, it'll feed from the top. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's, it's just like a, just a bunch of BBs. I like that. 
Right. <laughs> oh my god, that is wild. So this is uh, one of my great first. Um I kept it because obviously it's my first airsoft gun, so I wanted to keep it. I was it. just gonna ask, is that your first airsoft gun? That's cool as hell, yep. man. I painted it though. It was clear, but I painted it. Mm. So um this is yeah, this is my very first airsoft gun was this MP5. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> it was called uh it's like uh the name, I don't even see the name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, yeah, go over some of your collection, dude, because uh Oh yeah. Uh, you have got a ton of stuff back here. I mean this is this is Oh, there's there's one so of the many coolest setups I've seen. So let's see here. I can like show you around too, like Yeah, dude, of course. So you got top here, the, the Draco. People love the Draco, the AK. Yep. The old a scorpion, and then you got a bunch of pistols hanging there. So, the so this is like my um one of my first Glocks WE. This was okay. before they they they. So the history about the the WE Glocks is that um they used to have the good the, the Glock trademarks on them, but they didn't get the actual licensing. So that's why they were discontinued. That's the, the oh, stop making. Wow. Because Glock is very serious about their trademark and stuff being everywhere. Gotcha. Right, right. The Elite Force, the ones that have been, I think the last four or five years, the Elite Force Glocks have been coming out with the actual trademark. is like one of the very first Glocks with their actual trademarks on them. Like everything else had to be like secretly shipped, made, and printed. And like, you know, kind of like their version of a black hair soft market. But like, yeah. but like this one was like, this one was is not an elite force. It was um was a it was like a I think Chinese Japanese made it's like KJW or something like that. Uh, it was a G eighteen. And this was this was also another one that was before they made the Elite Force trademarks too. So it was like one of the it's one of the rare ones that they um sold. Okay. <laughs> and like I was like, I needed something with trays on it <laughs> because it's so rare. <laughs> <laughs> right? So like other than that, you got um like the silver Makarov, the uh, Bunch of revolvers here. Oh and my then, god, like, those are all airsoft guns. Yeah, bro, you got the six shooter. Uh, yeah, the fan, the hammer, whatever. Yeah, this one's the um the elite. This is like another elite first one. Like they make, they also start making cool revolvers. Like yeah, and just like the just like the six shooter ones, they also have to feed in one at a time. Not yeah, like the one that we had that one of those. Revolver. Okay. <laughs> the other one, like here's the Mac Eleven KW. And then, like other here's this is like the other MP5K, but this is like my first MP5. You got stuff on the bottom here. You got a other. You got some other stuff hanging here, like the Tavor. Good the, God. Uh, VFC like mini M4, some AKs, G36. There's a P90 under here. It's like buried. <laughs> and then you got stuff over here. This under this, other than these guys, these like one of my favorites. Like. The, the um, the 416, the 417, and the KWA, the um the Ronins, which is another one of my favorites. And I got stuff down here, which is like um all all my other collections I've been building up for years. Uh, just like gimmicks here and there, other AKs, Go Wheels, which is this guy, um other builds, and then the AK12. Uh, there's stuff off the side here on the table because I'm. I'm getting ready for the KWA battle, the tactical, the future war. Yeah. So this is the, the mutant gun that I kind of built. Uh, one of my stories I showed recently. What? 
Yeah, it's the it's like the um, what was it? Oh, it's probably sure. It's it's like the it's the Lancer Tactical Enforcer, the Nightwing one, but I kind of like made it kind of like cursed gun. <laughs> I mean, I kind of cursed, and then um, the AA twelve. Um, <laughs> also made this like a cursed version too, because it's got that little like I put a shotgun grip on it and like made it made it a little bit more weird. So I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, eh, if I'm gonna use something cursed, I'm gonna do something, and then. Other stuff. Oh, there's so many things. There's like on this wall. This is like my third wall. As got got up other stuff. This is like my like LMGs and micro guns. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. So <laughs> look. So it's lagging just a little bit. So when you uh, so when you're moving the camera around, it's trying to focus. So just yeah. hold it in in place, really, uh, just for a few seconds, because uh, bro, you've got so much shit. Oh my god! I mean, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff too. Yeah. So like the vector, the LVLA is back there. It's kind of in maintenance. Uh, the RPK M16. Yeah. The micro guns are here. Right. And then under here, this is a GMP, a Springer shotgun. It's actually like a, a one round, but I call it like the slug shotgun because it only shoots one, but it shoots really. I think she's right. like 380 or something like 390, maybe. Like That's not bad for a, for a uh, shotgun. Yeah, it had a, it has a big, it has a pretty big spring in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's a good like like a sniper, like a slug shotgun, <laughs> as I call it. Yeah. And then um, other here is you got your like wooden ones, like the ones like that I use for Vietnam, the, the Vietnam loadout. Nice. And then um, the M1A. Like the M1 carbine and then the Car 98s right here. It's like the good old shell ejecting Car 98s back here. Oh, that's cool. And then bazooka. Sometimes if I just want to like bring it to Milton games to shoot like tag ground stuff. <laughs> what, <laughs> bro? That is crazy. <laughs> that thing's huge. Oh, it's like uh, let's see. it's actually. Uh, I think it's like five two or something. Like five five <laughs> two. Holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty big. And it's just just all metal. It's just all metal. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Wow. And then you've got so you behind you on, on your left shoulder, I think it is, your mm-hmm. uh grenades. You got shelves yeah. with uh, mags, grenades. Yeah, all the middle shelf here is all my magazines and grenades and then like the stuff for like for my revolvers, like the the speed yep. loaders and stuff. Because I actually, for revolvers, man, that's smart. Yeah. Because I actually used the revolver for quite a bit. Um, for I remember one year I just had a revolver holster and just like ran all revolvers that year. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. Got really. The, I got the moon clips for it, so I was like, all I was doing is just like, like whenever I like use the revolver, it, it makes a good like little. Uh, it's it's very satisfying to use. That's why I've been using it for a year. Yeah. Like, I just, like, just reload it and you dump it and just put another moon clip on there and just, just like, fast Right. Oh, that's <laughs> cool, man. Now, have you thought about um, going to uh, one of the Western events at um, uh, Balahack? Oh, man. I, I've always wanted to go. So, like, I've always wanted to go to Balahack. Like, one day I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I know it's a long trip. I mean, it's literally across the country for you. It is. I'll go one day. <laughs> I'll definitely mm-hmm. go. I know 
I know people have traveled a long way for all these notes and games. So I have no excuse. I have to go on. Cool like events and like people with good like loadouts and stuff. So I know it's 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 like my kind of environment. So like I Yeah, thinking. for sure. I mean you definitely have enough you know, like especially the the you know, if you like the uh if you want to go to something where you can use the revolvers. Uh yeah, the like, Western game that I saw. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> right. They got like a whole Western town set up yep. there. And like a whole like mission. Like they have like objectives and stuff like that. Little like kinda of like um little mini games that they have. Like I remember like they, they had this uh, video where they um especially from like uh Unicorn Leia, Jet and um mm. Novrich when they went out there, it was like they had like Red Dead Redemption game types and they had like there's like ten missions that they have to do to get stamps and then in the end you get like a little prize or something like that. Yeah. That's a good little thing. It's like it's not it's like it's like other than playing airsoft on its own, you know, you get this little experience, you know. Like you right. can actually, like, you know, like they actually do the gambling thing in Red Dead Redemption, and those, you know, it's it's like immersion like that is like, you know, it's it's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! When he um, it was a few months. I think it was over the summer. I can't remember what event it was called. Uh, Chimera, maybe. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> So he got this uh he got this red dye that was mm-hmm. like, you know, some kind of, I mean, it was good for the environment, it wasn't bad or anything, but they dumped it in the uh pond that was oh. on the, you know, on the uh playing field and it was part of the uh part of the uh story, I guess, of this um event he was having. Mm-hmm. And um so he sh- he was doing a video showing, you know, when he was dumping it and he showed like the label and stuff. It was like it's good for algae and all the you know all the natural stuff or whatever so it doesn't you know hurt anything but he made the pond red uh <laughs> to make it look like this uh part of this event or whatever i mean it mm-hmm. this dude goes all out for these larping things man it's fucking crazy and it, i mean it's awesome yeah especially the zombie games like mm-hmm. i really the zombie games too because i've done a few zombie games like code red hosts pretty good ones um but um like the ballot like zombie games like that's like like off the charts <laughs> bro i mean it is for real it's off the charts the uh i think it was just uh was it last weekend or the weekend before was their zombie one the uh rev isn't that what it is revelation i think so yeah, yeah i think uh they i just saw them post uh i think it was last weekend mm-hmm. because um c7 was there him his wife and uh you know, and I saw all the videos and they showed, he actually did a, a video on his Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, Swamp Sniper, where he gets up, it was the first day. Yeah. And uh, has everybody kind of like pulling in so he could have them all in the view of the camera. Yeah. And it was like yeah. fucking a thousand people or 1,200 people or something. Oh, yeah. At that event. They probably host like so, like a lot of good events, you know, and like it's mm-hmm. obviously the reason why they got to go. So, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so yeah so you got <clears throat> you got all this gear so when you uh once you played your first time with your buddy uh is that was that you were hooked right then like you yeah. knew that that was something you wanted to do yeah i was like man like i like this is like i really like enjoying this and it's also like a stress reliever too you know? just right. like in Roy's per- perspective of it it's like you know, it's kind of like when people play video games, you know, when they come home from a long day, 
they play yeah. video games to like take a break, you know, like give them like uh, some kind of relief, even though they rage and cause or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's sure, something. yeah. Our version of like the little raging is when people don't call hits, but, <laughs> but <laughs> no shit, know, right? All in all, it's all fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like really good out there for me to like run out there and like play and like meet new people, and like that's how I like got into you know getting sponsors and stuff like that because like I just talk to people and like um the the first like I was saying that it's like the first guy that got me into Nielsen is the also the first guy that guy that got me my first sponsorship was a brand explorer so <laughs> yeah right. So, like, so from there, just kicked off and like um, been doing all these Milsim games, and then it's been slowing down. But I'm trying to pick it up, pick it back up again, you know. To like, uh, I think uh, luckily, I think I'm trying to change my work schedule to like Monday, Wednesdays, so that way I have the weekends for like Milsim games and stuff like that, so I can go more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Probably happen in like the next month or two, uh, but uh, yeah, like, gotcha. but other than the work stuff it was slowing down during the pandemic, obviously, because during the closures and also, mm-hmm. um, I was also studying the paramedic stuff. So I was like really sure. busy with that. But, uh, but other than that, like once that clears, I should be um, okay to like go back to doing line claws and you know, some less and stuff like that and do more of that. Now, do you play, uh, do you play indoor at all? Like speed soft? Uh, yeah, I, I play indoor. Um, okay. Tax city sometimes, but like uh, N1 yeah. is good. Like project N1. Right, and you're trying to go to battle labs more often because now um, we're we're also going to an event. Well, this this uh, coming weekend on Saturday is the the tactical league, the future wars. Yeah, we're gonna have um, undead Fred. Uh, oh shit! Uh, yeah, Crisis, and also Alphonse is also going to be there. Oh nice! So, I was just yeah. going to ask if you knew uh, Crisis. Okay. Yeah, I know her a little bit. Yeah, uh, Crisis starts off, and then undead Fred. On here, yeah. And then, um, and then Alphonse is gonna be there, which I'm kind of excited for. Like I've seen, like I met him a few times, but like since he's doing more of his own thing out in the other states, right. you know, it's kind of rude to see him in SoCal, other than like big events with Jet and stuff like that. But right, it's exactly. Good. It's always good to see the big guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's kind of like I think he's one of my favorite, one of my favorite YouTubers uh, for Airsoft. Yeah, Alphonse, him and Swamp Cyber, yeah. Yeah, Swamp, like, I think, yeah, I think Alphonse is, like, more because I like, uh, you know, because, you know, the snipers, their thing, and average, they have their, they're at their thing, it's their, the zoom cam and stuff like that. Right. And that looks like, it's like the rise of the LMGs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's, it's time for the big boys to come play. <laughs> no, I think like, that's why I like his videos, you know, more than some of the other stuff is because uh, there's not a whole lot of the LMG stuff. Yeah, you know, the way he does it, like with mm-hmm. the you know in the chopper and just, I mean he's just wrecking shit, bro. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now I do like the sniper stuff too. I, you know, mm-hmm. I actually love uh-huh. kicking Mustang his uh, his videos and oh, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and his gameplay, but mm-hmm. his the way he you know presents it and and does his videos and stuff uh, is really engaging. I love watching it. Um, and I kind of like the fact that the, he, he stirs up some shit because he, all he, all he's doing is exposing people that are shitheads on the field. Like he's not doing anything bad. He's not doing anything wrong. 
he's playing the game really good, and he's a good dude, like honestly. But um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, for snipers, I like him, and then uh, one of the guys I had on here, K Factor Thirty Nine. But uh, Alphonse mm-hmm. got to be one of my favorites with the uh, with the LMG stuff, man. The thing is, yeah, like LMGs like are so hard to build, like a good one, because like the all we have right now, like in a mass production wise, is the AMKs. But we know, like you know, AMKs are good on all starter LMG, but we know like you know the box magazines are just you know it breaks and uh, it's hard to find it's hard to find a decent box mag for really? for lmgs oh, okay uh, i don't know anything about it okay because the ank ones are all what always breaks and like i've heard stories uh, this is only from stories from i heard from like a lot of people yeah. using it, that the box mags were like not as reliable mm. so people would have to like custom make a box mag and like they would have to like you know fix on the field or something like that but um but yeah that's like that's just what i've heard but like now i think lmgs are trying to are coming to a rise i think like when it comes yeah. to like more usage and like more pro- products coming out like like when i saw the um the vfc was it the, the lmg that just came out like the um their box like i forgot what was the, i think it was like the um like the, it's like one of the HK LMGs too, so it was like really nice. Oh, okay. But the box mag had like it was like a, it was like more than any other box mag. Had like like nine thousand rounds or something like that. Nine thousand movies that could fit in that box mag or eighty five hundred. It was a big one. I was like, what? Holy like most most LMG box mags can hold like three thirty five hundred or four thousand. Right. But like this one had like a, it was big, and I was like, oh. But like, but you know, box mags always have their issue. I think the only the issue, the, the only box mag issue that I've like not that I haven't had a problem with, it was the Crytek, the Crytek, the Crytek LMG. But that's like an M4 attachment too, so it's kind of oh, different. Okay. Uh, which speaking of which, the Alphonse, uh, Mr. Alphonse, kind of inspired me to start running LMGs more. So that's why I Crytek LMG. Uh, <clears throat> Which most people really like seeing because it looks different, but uh, it's got the rolled gold, like the key moderate. What is that, bro? <laughs> it's also on my Instagram page, like the full, like the, the recent view of it. So there's, I call it the golden dragon. <laughs> oh, I love it. The rolled gold key mod. It's it's a LMG enhanced, but you can actually take the the bulky. Um, uh, rail off that they that the stock one that they have, and you can actually fit like a kind of like um an AR 15 rail on it too. You just gotta fiddle with some stuff a little bit, but um, huh. you can actually fit it on there. So that's how I kind of change that, change it out, get it more lightweight, and put like an offset like four like magpul four grip on it. So it's like that's, that's my LMG. <laughs> now, is that uh, that box mag that thing looks huge? Is that one of those ones that holds the, the larger amount? No, it's, this is like the um, 3,500, 4,000 one. So it's, okay. it's like any other box mag out there. But I think this one's the most reliable one, even though it's just you have to push the button still. Most other ones are automatic. I think the, when it comes to the box mag problems is when it when it comes to the feeding wise. It's like yep. because the automatic feeding is good, but I think it just tends to like not feed as well. So people would have problems with the box mag or it would just right. fail. Time. So that, like, that's what happened to ours so my son built a uh or had a 249 built and it was uh, i don't remember 
Well, he bought it, and I don't remember what brand it is, but it was uh, full metal. The thing weighed almost 12 pounds, okay? <laughs> I'm not shitting. Oh. So oh, he heavy. gets this, all right, and he uh, – and I think he got this like the first year we started channel, which is the first year they start playing. So mm-hmm. they'd only been to a couple mil sims. So he gets this and he wants to take it to a three day mil sim. And then oh, he got a box oh. mag. And I think the box mag was a little smaller than what you had, uh, yeah. but it was automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it held 2,500 rounds. And, uh, but it was the automatic one where he could just turn on, it would feed, you know, self feed, whatever. Well, yeah. he wanted to take this to a three day mil sim. I said, bruh, you ain't in that kind of shape. I'm just telling you right now. Because um, he was out of high school for a few years. You know, him, all, my, all three of my boys played football in high school. But, uh, you know, three years after high school, you know, as soon as they get out, they're not working out. They're not doing the same. You know, they're not like into any kind of sports. And mm-hmm. then they start airsoft. So I said, you want to carry around a 12-pound gun plus all your gear? Your biceps are going to be screaming, okay? So uh, he goes <laughs> – he takes it. I was like – so uh, he handled it uh, throughout the Milsim. When he came back, he was like, bro, never again. He goes, I, 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 he didn't have a backup like an M4 or whatever. And um, he was slated. He signed up for the LMG. LMG you know? role, yeah. Right. So he's like, fuck, man. It was – I could barely move. I could barely move. He said after day two, I could barely move. I, he said I just had to hold it down. Like he didn't have a sling for it. Like he had to carry it, you know. So uh, it was so funny. I was like, so it sat in our shed. It's actually still out there. Um, yeah, it's still out there. But uh, and and the drum mag as well. But he never. I mean, this thing was heavy, bro. But it looks badass. It looks awesome. Yeah, LMG is not like. Yeah, they're all they all look great. You know? Yeah, I just wish like they made something out of the box that's um, you know, good to use. Like instead of like the box mag being all screwed up. Like the gun itself is okay once you fix right. it up and upgrade it. Like it's it's okay, but like it's it's all about the box mag what comes about there. Jeez, mm. it's hard okay. to find. It's all about it's like it's so hard to find a good box mag. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We tried the, um, you know how it has the, uh, well, we got a bunch of these in a mystery box as well. Uh, the M40 or uh, 249 featherweights from the Evike were putting them in. They were putting them in their BOAs for a, a lot because we got six of them, right? Oh, wow. uh, between four of us, um, mm-hmm. we got six of them. So uh, we gave them all away actually in different giveaways. But nice. they, uh, you know, they have the uh, M4 uh, mag well or whatever on the side mm-hmm. that you can just put an m4 mag in it yeah. and i was like why the fuck why is this why would you want to put an m4 i guess if you didn't want to spend the extra money you already had m4 mags you could you know yeah. i understand why they made it like that but mm-hmm. uh you know and if you got i guess if you had a high cap mm-hmm. and you want to sit there and wind it every mm-hmm. two seconds i don't know but that would suck yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah the box mag yeah, I think like I prefer like the mid caps, even with LMGs. Like when like the box mag stops working, mid caps are always good because you know, it's still work better. I mean, it won't make as much noise either. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I know. The, uh, maracas or the rat, yeah. <laughs> when you're running. <laughs> uh. 
Now, are you, um, so how did you come up with, uh, samurai stuff? Are you, obviously you, you like samurai. That was my next thing. Yeah. I was actually like going to mention that, um, the whole samurai thing, I kind of related to like, like fire department stuff because the, like, at the same time, you know, obviously samurais were warriors, but like, they had like the integrity, the respect, they, you know, they, they serve, you know, they have a, a purpose yeah. to serve. Especially the fire department. The fire department served the people. Mm-hmm. And back then, like samurai served the emperor. Yeah. But if you think about it, they also served the people as well. So it's like sure. Yeah. So it's just like they're just honorable, you know, respectable kind of figures, you know, like so I kind of like put two and two together and just from there it just went off. And like obviously the other thing is it's cool, it's it's probably cool to see a modern looking samurai too. Like let's see, right. like like what would it look like? very cool it's very cool and then like so at first when i first made my first armor it was cardboard it was all cardboard yeah (laughs) yeah i believe it and you spray painted it or something so yeah so like i um like i didn't know about the foam back then like the Uh, foams that people use to make cosplay like uh, stuff like armor and like uh, for video games and stuff like during their uh, comic cons but right we used cardboard. And the first time I ever made my first armor was during uh, my first time going to Airsoft Con and Evike. It was, was years ago. And like, okay. this was when I first met my um, team, my team leader. I, I have a team. It's called Team Black Knights. And we still we still play together, and we're, I'm still a team with that. Awesome. Uh, other than my other thing. Uh, which is like, you know, doing themes for like sponsors and doing teams for like tactical league and stuff like that. Okay. But um, that's where I met my first team with my first team. But um, yeah, when I first made my armor, like it was all cardboard. It was just a simple mesh mask, but I had like the tan helmet, like um, it had the horns, like the cardboard horns and the sides (laughs) and like, and like, it, it actually, I think I like won third place during the costume contest at the e-bike thing because they had that thing during. It was like before, um, like mid-October is when they always do their airsoft cons. But not sure how they're doing it now because like they haven't been doing it for like two years because of the oh, pandemic. Right. So hopefully next year they might do it because like okay. now it's cleared up and stuff. So it's like, yeah. Okay. But like after that, so what Airsoft, other when you did the uh, costume th- or the contest, so you took third. Um, mm-hmm. What what style of costume? What kind of character costumes were the other ones that won the number one and um, two? The other one was like uh, obviously people that actually like made really good cosplay. Like one was like a, I think one was like a stormtrooper, like a oh, or wow. not like the M- Empire stormtrooper, but it was the clone trooper, a clone trooper during the clone. Oh. Trooper. Gotcha. So it was like a trooper, but with modern airsoft stuff on it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then the other one was like, I forgot what it was, but um, oh no, no, it was um, it was the the ODST and the Halo stuff. That, that, oh shit! That, it wasn't Master Chief, but it was like one of the Halo characters, like the right. Halo. So that was pretty cool. But I actually won third place. I wasn't, I wasn't like you know, I was still just happy to be up there, you know. <laughs> For sure, I, you had to be the only samurai out there yeah i was like the only samurai up there that's awesome and it's it's kind of funny because i actually participated in a few other like tansu contests for uh, airsoft con like after those few years and the first armor that i built was the best one that i've done no <laughs> but, shit. You know, yeah 
it was like uh, the other places I would win like fifth or like, oh, like <laughs> but like the first one was like you know obviously uh, it was like oh okay that's cool to see you know <laughs> you never see those right but um, it was like my very first armor after I kind of showed that during the first airsoft call I was like maybe I should make this a thing you know and they're like because like when I was talking to Brand Explorer about like some ideas and stuff like that he was like I was like trying to find my character. That's when I started doing the samurai stuff. I was like, maybe I should make that like my thing. Yeah. So after the after I made my like first cardboard one, I started playing with it. And obviously, the problem with cardboard is it gets shot through. <laughs> you would see all these BB holes. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, maybe, and like, and it'll be uncomfortable because like the the side the side helmets of the armor. It's like is yep. it, it makes me feel like I'm a, in a back suit like the old 1950 batman suit with like like where they where he where he can't turn his head (laughs) so i was like maybe i should make this more like more adaptive where i can actually turn my head and stuff like that so like that's when i um came up with more different numbers and i changed the materials from carpet to sheet so it's more durable what were you using uh sheet metal Oh, sheet metal. So, so I Damn. switched from cardboard to sheet metal. So I actually have to cut out the lining with the sheet metal with like sheet metal cutters, like trace it out. Yeah. Cut, cut all the plates individually because I want to keep it like the traditional way where they have different plates and they sew it right. all together. You, did all, you do, did all that yourself? Yeah. So I did most of it all, all myself. I have um, two of the armors is um, all sheet metal for the shoulder pads. And then um, the lower pads is I either use the foam ones because obviously the sheet metal is so hard. Right. Like it just is time consuming. So like, sure. but but at most it'll, it'll take me like two weeks, three weeks to like make the shoulder armor ones. And then to sew them together, I use paracord because obviously paracord is very durable mm-hmm. and it'll last a long time. So I would use the paracord and like um, sew it together. I uh, drill the holes on the sheet metal like individually, like so. It's, so that's why it's time consuming because of all yeah, the for sure. things new. And then that's how I would make my shoulder armor and like my other armors and stuff. Like, um, especially the helmet right here. It's like the, all all the stuff right here is all sheet metal. What? And you can see the BB marks so I get hit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you see how like the BB mark? I mean, there it's yeah, man. Somebody's hit, somebody's shoot, shooting really hot out there, bro. Because those are fucking like some big ass dents. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. like I can't even hear like when it hits me. I was like, oh, I hit. <laughs> I had to definitely hit. I was like, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it's like a big, you know, symbol or something. Yeah, it's so that I went with the crescent moon because I I elected the voters. Like I, when I first made this helmet, um, I let the people decide what kind of shape that they wanted it in. And then they elected, how'd you do that on Instagram? Yeah, I did it on stories, but this one this one was years ago though. Um, yeah. First, so the, like when I usually am trying to make a new armor, I would like kind of like let people vote what kind of like uh, symbol I would make on the, the helmet. Oh shit! Okay. And then um, I, I let them vote for this one, and they picked the crescent moon. So I was like, you know, that one's pretty cool. So I'll probably go with that. One. So. And so what was the other? What was the other choice? The other one was like there's like other ones like there's like a there's obviously the horn ones, the flame ones, and the other ones. Right. But people crescent moon one for the 
black loadout is like because I wanted to keep it like a shadow. The, the this loadout that I'm currently wearing all the time is the Shadow Samurai, which is all black or multi-cam black, and then it'll have the black helmet and the black mask. And people recognize me more with this loadout that I've been wearing. Black is always cool, even during the summer. Yeah, dude, it looks fucking cool as shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Your pictures on Instagram, the pictures of you in that in that uniform is uh it, it to it's one of the most impressive ones I've seen. It looks badass, you know, for pictures and gameplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people think like I'm like, it, it, like people usually think that it, like it brings me like my gameplay down or something like that. Like when when it, what I mean by that is like I'm not as effective, but it's actually right. really effective for me. Like I actually like especially the, the helmet makes the difference because like the I don't have that side armor anymore. I just have the, the like that. I have the ear more like the headsets and stuff instead of like the side armor. Right. Because like I can actually turn my head, actually aim down the side, I can actually ADS and stuff. So right. that's a huge difference. <laughs> I'm sure. Now to me it feels like I can actually play normal, like an actual airsoft. Like back when I when I had the other helmet to bring it down. So I need this one as well. Because I mean you're not gonna unless you get hit in the plate, like the specific plate. Um this is my journal. Whoa, what? Yeah. So this bro (laughs) Oh my god. All this stuff is all metal. (laughs) Oh my god, that's awesome. Problem with this one is I can't turn my head effectively when I have all these armor. I can't ADS. So that's the problem with this armor. It makes me look like Shredder, too. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, my God. That's cool as hell, though. Um, my uh, team leader um, from Black Knights, uh, Tommy, um, or Airsoft Ninja, he, he helped me make this uh, armor when it, when it came to the metal part, too. So okay. he helped me with this. Now, when you're, uh, when you're, you know, sheet metal is really – I used to work with sheet metal all the time. It's uh, extremely sharp, like the edges. Oh, so do you sand it? Do you grind the edges down so you don't get cut? Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's when you the handle it. Yeah, that's the other process of it too. Is I have to sand down the sharp parts, like mm-hmm. the pinky parts, especially when it comes to like the horns and stuff. So right. I don't actually accidentally poke someone, you know? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like I don't like. Hopefully, like you know, like I, I, I dumb it down so it's like dull. And like, so it's not as sharp and stuff like that. So yeah. And also, because my shoulder armor is all sheet metal, I try to like dull it down so it doesn't cut me too. So no shit, I know, man. Put the pads underneath the armor. Um, from now, that's why um, it's more effective that way. So. Well, that's what uh, Kyle from uh, Brotherhood Airsoft he was talking about when he was telling about the. Uh, some of the stuff with the uh, medieval fighting stuff, he said, you know, with making your own armor, he was, you know, he made the same type of stuff out of metal. And mm-hmm. he said, man, I was getting poked and, you know, cut and it was cutting myself, you know, I was cutting myself with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Well, I think I could try on reversing the first game of the armors, but like, uh, I think now I know what, where my good bases is, like when I set up is that, but I can like start making new armors that way. Especially like the helmet wise, um, I'm gonna start making helmets more like this one. Um, I've been talking about it a lot, like, uh, but I'm trying to make a new armor, like, like hopefully maybe soon. You know, I've been just busy with the holidays and stuff. Obviously. Sure. 
Yeah. But the new armor is trying to be like a was it the snow camel. But it's gonna be like um so let's see. The helmet's the in the loadout's gonna be wolf gray, like wolf gray armor, and it's gonna have like um blue I think blue and blue and white. It's gonna be like a blue and white color. Oh, I so like this. Yeah. I think shoulder armor is gonna be like navy dark blue, and then the stitching is gonna be white for it. Oh and shit, then, dude. Okay. For the armor, you're, you're like talking like an actual designer, man. These these colors sound great. I like this. Okay. <laughs> and then the armor I'll have my play carrier that I'm gonna use for the future wars. It's like the wolf gray play carrier, like the JCP play carriers. Yeah. Like the ones, but the plates are gonna the shirt the shoulder plates are gonna go on there. And for the shoulder part, I'm trying to I'm gonna try to find some white fox fur that goes around it. What? So like in the snow, and like for the helmet, I'm trying to find like a wolf gray helmet, and then put um, uh, we have actually have deer horns that are like a friend, my mom's, my my dad's friend, he was a hunter. He he gave the horns to us. Like, yeah. So I still have those horns. So I'm gonna try try to cut those horns and put on the helmet. Holy and shit! <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be wild! And then for the um, the helmet too, I also put some faux fur on it too, which is like the white faux fur. So you know right. how like some helmets have, like those little hair on the uh-huh. like, brushy hairs on their like helmet stuff. So I'm trying yeah. to make it too. So. <laughs> oh, you will definitely need to go to a Balahack for one of these events then, because uh, yeah, you you got you're gonna have some uh, some really good outfits going. Yeah. <laughs> That is cool, man. Okay. Yeah. And when it comes to these masks, the people who actually make them or the guy that actually makes them is Death Tech. I don't know if anyone's heard. Who Death is it? Before. So he's a guy out in Japan. He makes those Ronin ballistic helmets, if you've ever seen them. What? It's like, yeah. So yeah, we like have the, one. Yeah. Oh, the Ronin helmets? Uh-huh. So that yeah, my son bought a, a full, the whole, you know, get up, whatever, you know, the whole full covering, you know, helmet and face thing. Yeah, he um, makes ballistic Ronin helmets. It looks like um, looks like something from like futuristic. Like a lot of like games have used it, and like, but he's been using it for his like um his uh like tactical like like events and stuff like that for yeah. all his real. So, who, stuff like that. who is it again? Name it again because you were cutting out a little bit when you said it. It's uh D E V T A C. Oh, DevTech. Okay, and you so said they're he, out of Japan. He, yeah, he's out in Japan. Yeah. So he's the one that makes these masks too. So how did you find uh how did you find him? Did you have that did he have that listed where you could just go on and buy it? Or did you have to like request a special one or whatever? Yeah, it was like a request or special work. Okay. Everything else I built um on right. my own and then or with help with friends. Because I can't take I don't take credit. But like the guy that makes these masks, I have three of them. So this one's black. Do you see the green one? And then the red one was the first one that I got from. The red so one was what? The red one was the very first one that I got from. Oh, okay. So it was like, I remember like that's when he started his own page and his own like his like business in Japan was like, he started making these, which were really cool. Yeah. But his main goal was like making the Ronin ballistic helmets and like trying to sell them to the military market. Oh, okay. um, that's when he got really big is like when he started uh going to uh these uh trains training events like the south like the like like i was like i think he went to dubai 
and he went to like the Saudi Saudi Arabian like no like police force and stuff like that. He went to like some of their events and have boots and stuff like that. Yeah, and he comes up with these um these and these helmets are actually like rated for you know um, I think like like I'm not sure like I, I but I've seen pictures and videos of it like withstanding like Jack and six ammo, which is impressive. Right. I mean, Pretty sure that it's gonna give you a hell of a confession, but it's better than dying. <laughs> exactly. But I know, right? I think the lenses on those um the Brun and Ballistic helmets are also twelve gauge rated, like buckshot rated too. So those are pretty oh, impressive. Shit! Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I just uh, as you were talking, I just uh, I I found them on Instagram. I followed them. So yeah, uh, yeah I didn't know. Um, you know, really too much about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen the uh, tests, mm-hmm. like the videos. Like uh, I think it's Demolition Ranch. Uh, I think he's done a couple uh, tests. Yeah, he did say. Yeah, he's shot, you know, the helmet before and um, a couple other ones. So I was, you know, I had seen those and then my son bought one mm-hmm. and my son's got, uh, he started going nuts with uh, the armor. Like he's got what a level three plates and shit. Like he's got the real, all the real shit. Like stuff that I didn't even have in the military, okay, and uh, <laughs> and he's got which I love that he's doing, you know, that he's getting all this stuff. But he's a big dude, okay. He's six one and like three hundred and twenty pounds, okay, three hundred forty pounds, no shit. So he gets this helmet, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wear it to uh, one of these airsoft events because it looks badass." And I was like, "This is the same guy that does, you know, the the two forty nine, you know, twelve pound gun he wants to carry around for three days, uh, which he did. He made it, you know. But um, he puts this thing on, and it, I swear to God, dude, his head's so fucking huge. This this thing goes down the bottom of the helmet's like right here. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it does not fit. I mean, it looks weird. It's so uh, it's." <laughs> that's that's the problem. Like so, so the only the only reason that uh, with DevTag is like you have to give the right measurements. Like he, mm-hmm. he he specifically asks what your size, um, what the head your head measurements are, so he can get it right. Yeah. Um, because he's all the way in Japan, like I like I try to like measure my face like really accurately, so he can make them last. But ever since my first order, like he's able to remember like um, he's yeah. able to remember my face size. So. He's a, he's a really good guy. Like um, like I when I go to Japan, hopefully, like I'll I talk to him saying uh, we should meet up later. Like if we have five for five or take a vacation in Japan, we'll go right to field out there. We'll go to one of your fields. Like I'm like you know, he's a great dude. So like that's cool, man. Uh, yeah. Now, do you have you ever been to Japan? No, I actually haven't. Like I know I've because I I mostly go to South Korea because my my family lives out there. My okay. mom's side of the family, so I've been them, yeah. but so close. It's like neighboring country, basically. Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Well, that's I spent. Um, I was in Japan, and oh, then wow. uh, and then I went, you know, for a year in the military, and then I spent um, a, two months in South Korea. Oh wow! We were in uh, Pusan and Kohang. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all the way down by the, uh, you know, by the ocean, obviously. But yeah. we did a. Uh, 
a couple months we were there for we went there in the winter and oh. I, I have to tell you man uh i grew up in cleveland ohio uh-huh. uh got a lot of snow you know as a kid growing up was used to the cold and i thought man i can handle any kind of cold uh i had no clue that south korea would get so fucking cold in the winter it, it was like 50 below zero bro yeah it's it's so cold it's so <laughs> cold. crazy like it's so cold it doesn't snow i was like yeah. holy shit <laughs> like it snows sometimes but like i know like like it gets really cold out there like, yeah. especially the beach area like busan busan is basically like our beach area in korea um Gyeongju is like the middle of it, Korea, which is basically all our natural temples, natural forestries area, and then Seoul, like the obviously the very top, which is like right. cities and then cities. So, yeah, yeah, I never made it up there. We were going to try to, but uh, we we never made it up there for you know we didn't have enough time, um, you know, time off because we were doing this uh, operation. It was like a joint operation with South Korean Marines. Yeah, and um. They call them rock Marines, the Republic of Korea Marines. Yeah. Uh, so we met, we hung out with a bunch of those guys and, uh, bro, they were hard fucking core. I mean, they're <laughs> hardcore and they, they looked up to us and we're going, no, 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 y'all are the shit. Okay. Cause we would see their, uh, some of their training. Now this is, uh, 1991. I was there. So from eight, uh, from 90 to 91. So we went there in, uh, late December, January. Yeah. So, uh, no cell phones, no internet, no, you know, uh, so we had no clue, you know, anything like we just knew what we saw with them. Uh, and then, uh, we'd get on the bus, you know, to, we'd, you know, take buses to, uh, to the different bars, uh, and of course back to base. And we would see these guys, uh, on the bus and super disciplined. I mean, very, very disciplined. Uh, even when they're on like public transportation, you know, sitting up straight and they're, you know, uh, it was just, they were, they were not the rowdy bunch that we were. We're all getting sloppy ass drunk and falling all over. So <laughs> falling, up, falling off the bus. <laughs> no kidding. They really look up to the, the U S Marines and the U S army. They really like they really like you guys, you know. Like, oh really, yeah, we had a great they, time with them. Because like they think you guys are the so, so bad. I mean, you guys are, but like, you guys are so bad and stuff like that. I yeah. would tell my cousins like before they went to the military, before they had to do their two year mandatory. Unfortunately, like fortunately, I didn't have to do it because I was born in America. Right. But with my mom's family, like they were all in Korea still, they had to do their two year mandatory service. Yeah. But I always tell them, like, yeah, like, U.S. Marines are all so hardcore. They go to this tough ass training, like, you know, it's like, and they're like, oh. like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. That's but, funny. Yeah, no, it's all different perspectives, but, like, I, re- I respect both sides, like, especially because, like, it's in the, in the Korean side, like, they have to deal with their neighboring enemy. So, all the different. time. Right. The- like, it's constant. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, the first time I went to the DMZ, it was it was an eerie moment, but it was intensive. Sure. Like, it was so when I first went there, I was really young, but I could feel the the eeriness of that area. It was huh. that the timing was really perfect too, because the bridge that led to North Korea, it was all fog, 
So you couldn't oh, see the other shit. side. You couldn't see the other side. You just saw the bridge, kind of like the scene missed, where you just see the area, but it's everything's oh, wow. And then you see all the guards just staring at the, like, they're, like, really focused on that oh, area. Oh, yeah. Like, go ahead and do something. Yeah. And then you see the armored vehicles, just like, you know, they're just down on that, you know, the protection. <laughs> yeah, and this ain't a movie. So this is like real life shit, you know, something happens, you know, so that I'm sure that made it, that made it feel like, whoa, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So like the next time I go to Korea, um, we're going to try to do like a double trip where we spend a week to see a family and like just explore Seoul. And then the other week we're going to try to take a boat to Japan. Because you, you can actually take a ferry from, from Busan, I think. Just, uh, like kind of like from here, like the Catalina Island, you could do the same right. thing for Korea to Japan. Yep. And you can go there and explore Japan and come back. So that's what we're trying to do. Just, you know, to, yeah, to make we, a- uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very close. It's very okay. close. It didn't take us long. You know, we were on a big ship. Now, it took us two days, but we were, you know, uh, hauling a bunch of shit. I mean, it was a big cargo ship too, you know, Navy ship. Um, but, uh, and we, I, I, I guess we hit some rough seas cause we all got seasick. All the Navy oh. guys that were on the boat, they were laughing at us and we're all throwing up. So we're not used <laughs> to being on a boat. <laughs> I, know, so. I know Korean waters can be very bumpy too. Like when it comes uh, to like the stuff, because like, it's just no for good currents in Korea. Like, like the bad, like the really like rapid currents because like um i'm not sure how the topography works out there but um yeah i remember like an old history uh, this is our this is what korea looks up to is like our history um we've been like you know we try to mind our own business like, sure but uh, we've always been attacked by other neighboring countries especially right. Japan back in the day which the reason <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about that in another uh, in, uh later on today it's like during this podcast but um but uh we used to, we had a leader was, this is back in like the sword and shield days like this is 1400 1500 you know something like that yeah uh, but uh, or we had a naval commander. so he was one of the best naval commanders this was uh and um the people looked up to him even more than the, they did for the emperor because back then Updated and stuff like that, but um, he was the only one willing to step up and defend Korea from like the invasion, you know, and stuff like that. So, wow, so use the currents, the rapid currents in in Korea to fight against Japan. He was really smart too. Yeah. He also made these ships called the turtle ships, which were basically like these um ships that had like sh- uh, like a shell over it with halyards and spikes, and during that battle. He only had, I think, ten to fifteen ships, turtle ships, and he was going against, um, I think, a hundred, maybe two hundred Japanese ships, and he didn't lose. And with his tactics and his and his uh, invention with the turtle ship and the currents of the Korean waters, uh, he didn't lose a single ship. And the oh Japanese, fleet, the Japanese fleet lost um, half of their fleet. And they they fell back. They they retreated because holy uh, shit. <laughs> so there's a statue. If you ever go back to Korea in Seoul, there's a statue of him. Um, 
in somewhere in Seoul. I forgot which city, what part of Seoul, but there's yeah. a big statue of him um, in in one of the cities, and it's a good place to go to to you know pay respects and also see a piece of history that like protected Korea because we're still here because of him. Oh my god, that's crazy, bro. Okay, now how did you learn all this? Uh, like the story was it? In, it was from uh, in... my, my dad. Uh, taught, my dad. Um, he taught. He told me about the story, and uh, yeah, was, that was one of his heroes. Was back during his history time, like history lesson with. Uh, oh, with that's him. cool. Yeah, even movie, the Korean, Koreans have also have good Hollywood. Like, if you've heard of all the good movies that they made, like Parasite. And like all the other like um, globe like global like nominee kind of movies that they made out there, right? They also made a movie about the about him too, Yusuji. So, um, huh? That was, it was called a uh, what was that? Roar? It was like a, a maple something, Roaring Currents or something like that. I have to look it up again. It's been oh, so okay. Movie, but I've watched that movie so many times that it's like like it was, it's just an inspirational movie. Like, yeah, for sure. He's been through torture from his own, you know, from his own pol- politicians because, like, they hated him. They like all, all his, like his, his own politicians hated him. And like, he's why? Not why is that such a common thing? Like, when you get know. somebody that's a uh, that's like good for the people, th- this is such a common thing in in history, right? You get somebody that's good for the people, that loves the people, that loves their country, you know, a patriot. Uh, and is very smart with tactics and the fucking government or po- politicians or the, you know, the ruling, uh, people at the time, they, it's like, they always hate those kind of people and yeah. it just doesn't make any, it makes no sense. No sense. Yeah. That's so wild, dude. I would love to watch this movie though. You'll have to, um, well, I, was yeah, gonna say, I still have pictures from mm-hmm. when I was in Korea uh, of some like statues and you know different things that were uh, so different. If you, remember, if you ever taken those pictures, um, his statue is is like kind of iconic because it's, it's him in his naval armor. He has like the armor, like most of the Korean armor is like back in the day was like pointed helmets, and they have like the little um, hairs, the, the the hair that comes out like kind of slides down. But okay. it's him with his armor, and he has a sword like this. And he was like going down. He's like get, doing this pose, like a, like yeah, ass pose, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look through my pictures, man, because that would be cool as shit if I had one of those pictures. Um, I love history like that, mm-hmm. uh, and I was fascinated, you know, when we were there. Yeah. I was the only one of my friends taking pictures, yeah. and uh, back then we had to use um, disposable cameras, you know, little plastic ones. You oh, snap and then wind, and then snap and wind, and you have no clue. You have no clue what the fuck you took a picture of until you get them, you know, developed. Right. Yeah. And there were, I mean, there were times I lost the freaking camera or broke it before I could get them developed. So, you know, oh yeah. But, uh, I have, uh, so one of the, one of the things that we were told, when we were there, uh, we would see these giant, like not mountains, but like hills or, you know, mounds, mm-hmm. uh, just randomly throughout here, you know, in the fields and stuff. And it didn't look like 
they belong there. They look like you're man-made. And, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the guys was telling us that uh, these were uh, burials. So I guess, is that true? Like you guys, the way the story we heard was that um, you guys didn't, uh, or Koreans didn't uh, bury, like dig a hole in the ground. They they laid the person on top of the ground and then mounded dirt on top. And it, the tradition yeah. was the more important the person, the bigger the mound of dirt, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they used to do that a lot. Like um, Okay. Uh, obviously not today because you know, rail services. But like back then, during like yeah. the old Korean times, um, yeah, they would bury them. But basically, instead of like how people like would set torches and stuff like that they will like actually like stack them high and then bury them like, like they'll have yeah. These yeah mounds of dirt on them yeah okay yeah because i have pictures of these mounds of dirt and uh when i came back I, I mean it's it's not a mound of dirt it's you know like a little hill you know it's got grass and everything i mean it's been you know year obviously hundreds of years or whatever but um and i'm showing my my family and they're like well what are these i'm like well they're these are like sacred burial grounds almost, you know, like these people were, you know, the bigger the hill, the more important they were kind of thing. And they're like, oh, you know, because it's a random <laughs> small, <laughs> like there's nothing, you know, it's not pretty. I mean, it's wintertime. So there's nothing, you know, there's no vibrant colors or nothing, you know, they're like, what the hell is this? Why do you have a picture of a hill? <laughs> yeah. Now, what you were going to talk about the, uh, the mask in the uh, Japan. Did you have so, some... Yeah. So, uh, like, like this one, like, um, so obviously other than the depth type, but like the reason why, like, like I get a lot of questions because some people, some of my followers and, the some of my fans, they kind of, they know that I'm Korean, but they're also wondering like, why am I doing like a Japanese figure with Japan? Like, don't you guys hate each other and stuff like that? Like, because yeah. we used to be mortal enemies. Yeah. Right. That's, right. I'll admit to that. We used to be mortal enemies, like Japan and Korea. Like they, yeah. Japan would always invade us all the time, and like you know, we would have to defend ourselves. Most of us would be POW, but you know that was back in the day. You know, I was yeah. like ancient times and stuff like that. Like I, I, I know you guys still hold a grudge and stuff, but like I, I know it's like it's just it's like we're in the new age. You know, I'm kind of like I res- you know, there's I respect their culture and stuff like that too. Sure. Some of the some of their cultures, I think. I think nowadays, like these, this, the times that we live in, like I'm kind of like okay to like move on from the past and stuff like that. Like I, it's Me good too. to know, it's good to know the history, you know, because you know everyone has conflicts with other countries and stuff like right. that. Like, but I'm okay to move on. Like I know they cause, you know, I know they cause a lot of pain to us. They we cause a lot of pain to them. But in the end, yeah. you know, people. Like, I'm yeah, just I feel the same way, like, man. Like, I, you know, I spent that year in Japan. Uh, you know, I'm, I never, in fact, none, none of us, the guys I was stationed with, we never even brought up World War Two, or you know, and I was there in 1990. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's you know a long time after World yeah. War Two, almost you know, almost you know, forty some years, or whatever. But it was, uh, we were still like, you have some people that would talk like that about you know japanese and i'm like no what like this is no this is so many years later bro like this is not but we, I, I did the same thing i i when i was there i wanted to when i i said when i get out i'm gonna move back to okinawa 
<laughs> I loved it. I really loved their uh, culture, and uh, yeah, I loved it there. Yeah, because like it's like it's good to know the history and stuff like right. that, but like I just feel like holding a grudge, you know, like like I know like you know Japan didn't have a great after World War II because obviously you know the, the yeah. two bombs, but like. But they're willing to change, you know. They were willing to change how they, you know, how people sure. thought of them. They're willing to change their ways, you know, especially with, like military stuff. So like, and you know, they and then they enjoyed it. Like they like, like they like, you know, just like they're being different. Like they just like being open about things. And I just right. feel like we should be the same way too. Like I know. Like I remember, like uh, some of the Korean actors that played some parts to be Japanese, and they spoke Japanese and stuff like that. They got criticized for it mm. um, during their role. But um, I just feel like you know, to it's me, it's, to, like, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's mm-hmm. making a little like you know that was you know I like I understand the history and like I know why you know, past should be like we should know about our past, but like. You know, we should also know how to change, you know, like how to, you know, be like, we should know how to change to like each other, you know, like, or or like respect each other. Because I respect respect is a huge thing. Yeah, the whole samurai thing, I respect it, you know. Right. Because it kind of reminds me of the fire department. So it's like, they're honorable, they just serve. They're very honorable, yep. Yeah, they serve. They had a a code. Yeah, they had a code. And And they stuck to it. You know, mm-hmm. they were even willing to kill themselves, like Saboku, if they even right. broke it. Yep. So like, so they were willing to like um, sacrifice themselves for their own honors. It's like that's yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh, yeah. I mean that that was what I was always attracted to that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as I got older and stuff, and especially when I spent time in Japan. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. I I I like uh. When people have a code to live by, you know, character and respect, you know, not just uh, show me the money kind of attitude, you know, like material things and money, like the shallow part of, you know, how some people are or whatever. Uh, I was always more attracted to um, honor and character. Uh, Like how, how, how strong are you inside? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's not the superficial stuff, you know. I was always very attracted to that. And I think I really felt that uh, mm-hmm. when I spent time in Japan. Yeah. Korea. And, yeah. And, yeah. It's just like and when it comes to also like airsoft stuff, like when I'm just basically just open to anything, you know, like I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you follow. Yep. We're always having a great time, you know. Like especially when I go to these Muslim games and like when I go to the other airsoft games, like I'm just open for everything. Like, yeah, yeah that for me, that's what the airsoft's all about. You know, it's like you just get to meet these different types of people, and you're just like, oh, cool. That's you know, it's got to yeah. be one of the most. Uh, it, it's fascinating to me that airsoft as a sport and a hobby brings every single background you could think of and mm-hmm. every single personality type. Um, you know, whatever, all together. It's the most diverse and political views and religious views all come together. Like all these things, you know, you're brought up with that you're taught with, you know, like some of our core beliefs, right? That normally 
in normal everyday life, you know, life like uh, at work or at school or, you know, especially family events, um, you know, where these type of differences would cause arguments when you get to airsoft event, dude, it's all gone. It's all gone. None of that shit matters. None of that shit matters. You got the nerds and the jocks Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the, the, the military veterans and like everybody is all here and hey we're good man we're good you know yeah. at most it'll be like a debate but like in the end we we all just want to have a good time you know that's, that's right. the first off it's like especially like the milsom games and stuff like that we're just here to have a good time <laughs> yeah yep. like even like even though like they're like they might have like cheaters and stuff like that they get into an argument in the end it's there say hey what's up it's like it's okay it's that was my fault. I know, right? That's funny because in the in the end, like with our software, we're just like you know, like we just. Well, that's how you know, you know, the, the way that ends. That's how it was when, uh, you know, what I was talking about earlier when I'd get in these fights. Uh, we get in fights like in high school, or whatever, and it was so common at the end to be like oh man i'm sorry no i'm sorry oh it's good you know and now you're friends afterwards (laughs) oh yeah that's funny i think your mic uh got muted oh there you go okay oh i think i was far away (laughs) Mm. i'm sure oh dude uh it's been awesome talking with you did you want to um cover anything else um I think I talked about most things I wanted to, like how I started, you know, what what my idea was for the armor. Right. Um, yeah, like about new armors potentially going to come up, like the winter armor is going to come up, and um, I can't wait to see that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been expecting it. I've been lacking on it, especially because you know I've been working a lot. It's been the holidays, so hopefully I'll get back into it. I just got to make that commitment for the next three weeks to make that armor. <laughs> oh, it's tough around this time. I mean, do you have, uh, do you, do you guys have, um, like your parents, do you have a family that's close by in California? Yeah, there? My dad's side of the family is still around in Cal and like in, in this area. So like, um, we saw a lot of family stuff. So do you, you yeah. guys get together for like, uh, Thanksgiving and yeah, like and Thanksgiving and then regular Thanksgiving. So that's a lot. That's not Around like the winter time is when I'm most busiest, and summertime is when it's most laid back. So okay. <laughs> now I want to ask: Do you guys? Uh, we when I was in uh, Korea, we we tried something called kimchi. Oh and, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The is it seaweed? No, no, it's actually cabbage. Cabbage. Okay. It's, it's fermented cabbage. So um, fermented. Yeah. So what they do traditionally is that uh, we um, grab the we use the cabbages. We wash them down so that they're, till they're clean, and we um, cover. We like marinate them with all the spices, and then we put them in a clay pot. And traditionally, we would bury them underground, right? Well, they, for months, we will leave them there for months, so they, that way they can ferment. Wow! Um, but the Koreans now, um, I, especially out in like the U.S., that we have um, <laughs> we use kimchi fridges are more more like the storage fridges you know how like there's like these fridges that are like kind of like a box shape that you open up like the top ways instead of like the sideways how our normal oh, fridges yeah. are 
Uh-huh. So we put them in there, and that's our like kimchi fridge. So we let them ferment in there for like a couple months, and that's how we have our own oh, kimchi. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. You can I remember the the first time somebody told us about it when we got there. They're like, uh, if you uh, if you want to try, you know, some of the different foods, or whatever, like kimchi. And um, we're like, well, what the hell is that? They're like, man, it's it's actually really good if you can get it past your nose because we weren't used to the, you know, it's a different style of uh, spices and you know tastes and stuff like that, and um, and we're used to eating MREs, you know, when we're out in yeah. training, which are very very bland, uh, <laughs> so they don't have like it has no smell, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so we we would try kimchi, and I loved it. I loved, uh, in fact, I loved all the food that I had in Japan and Korea. Uh, except one thing, uh, I think it was in Korea, but it might have been in Japan. I can't remember. But uh, the the tiny squids, it was like this tiny, um, and uh, it was kind of clear almost. But it was like a full, you know. A, I mean, you could tell it was like a little octopus or squid. You know, it was a squid. But uh, oh man, that was I. I ate one, and I was like, uh, I mean, it's raw. Oh yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it was sure pretty because, bad. I'm not sure because Japanese and the Japanese and the Koreans they love to eat the squids raw. So I'm not yeah. sure what part. I can't I'm remember in. where. Yeah, where it was at, where I had it at. But uh, it's been a long time, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, that was the only food I didn't like. Everything else I loved, you know, oh. when I was there. Yeah, oh. even the kimchi. They're like, hey, just be careful now because you're used to eating MREs, you know, which bind you up, like it makes you constipated. And yeah. uh, you're going to eat kimchi. You're going to be shitting your brains out for two days. I said, okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a lie. It's a little of a rumor, but it's not a lie either. Kimchi is good for your digestive system, but that's right. what it kind of makes you do. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like nothing. I think I covered everything. I think anything else. But um, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you being on, man. It's uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm, I love when I meet somebody like yourself, uh, where I don't know that much about you. Okay, I've never seen your face. I've, uh, I I followed you on Instagram, uh, seen all your pictures and stuff like that. And then, um, we start this, and you have this fucking matrix, uh, <laughs> armory set up behind you, uh, with your samurai mask and your samurai helmet sitting behind you and you've got your your very first uh, airsoft gun which is pretty cool yeah uh, and it looks cool since you painted it uh, <laughs> and you got all these grenades and shit like you got a, a really cool setup uh so like i was very surprised all this stuff you were talking about and showing and like bro you got a fucking armory here okay of airsoft guns like they it's really cool how much different, you know, how many different guns and gear you have. <laughs> so I really yeah. appreciate it. No problem. I was like, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's other like bigger softers out there. Like, especially like Jen, you know, like their, their garage is way bigger. I've seen their videos. <laughs> well, like I'm on my whole, like, make, like they have to put guns on top of them. <laughs> they really do. They really do, yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Well, thank you so much, Yang, for uh, for being on, man. I appreciate you. And uh, where can uh, everybody find you online? Uh, they can find me online on uh, 
on Instagram. It's just Airsoft Samurai. There's no, no capitals, no spaces. It's just uh, as is, just Airsoft Samurai. And then you can also uh, find me on TikTok as well. I get a lot of questions that I should start a YouTube channel. Um, I've been thinking about it. So, <laughs> Bro, you have definitely got enough uh, stuff to go over. If you wanted to start a YouTube channel, you have enough, uh, you know, to create content on. So, and you, I think you'd be the only airsoft samurai uh, out there. To be honest, that you're the only one I've seen. So, everyone watching and listening, uh, go follow this guy, uh, stand up, honorable samurai over here, uh, airsoft samurai. I appreciate you, man.